You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled, Abiding. Enjoy. God is good. And uh, you, need, you need a regular voice in your life that is declaring to you how good He is. You need a regular voice. You need regular music. You need regular people in your life that are telling you how good God is that aren't arguing with you about it. Now, we, we understand that the world doesn't know him, so we don't expect them to understand the things we understand. But we do look for believers who understand that Christ came, that we might have life and life abundantly. And we look for ministries that proclaim to us the fullness of the gospel. And uh, you, you really have to pay attention to what you're listening to. And just because it's a quote-unquote church doesn't mean you're going to get the fullness of the gospel there. You might get a little bit, but you, you need a whole lot more than a little bit. Jesus didn't come to give us a little bit of God. He came to give us all of God. God in all his fullness and, and man's religious tradition box at that. They think that's ridiculous, yet the Scriptures teach it. The Scriptures teach that the fullness of Christ, the fullness of the Godhead dwelled in Christ. The Scriptures teach that when you put your faith in Christ, He now dwells in you. Guess where the fullness of the Godhead dwells now? In every believer. You will live differently when you know the fullness of God is dwelling in you. So I, I, I want to encourage you to look for voices. Highway is a voice of the goodness of God and the fullness of the gospel in your life. And I am telling you, that is priceless. And that is something I've searched for over 30 years. And any time I'd find it, no matter what part of the country or world I was living in, I, living in, I would grab a hold of that. My phone is connected with ministries that proclaim that. I highly recommend listening to Andrew Womack's ministry and Joseph Prince's ministry and Kenneth Copeland, Creflo Dollar, Jen Tringale. Uh, there's a, many more that I... Or, you know, that I could name, but there are, there are good voices out there that will teach you how to be strong and uh, secure no matter what's going on around you. How are we doing this morning? Good? Are you awake? The Holy Spirit is living in you if you've put your faith in Christ. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is living in you. Are you conscious of that? Or are you more conscious of your shortcomings? Well, the devil would like you to be more conscious of your shortcomings. Let me just help you out. We all have them. <laughs> all right? So do yourself a big favor and stop focusing on them. And start meditating on the reality of God's very Spirit living inside of you living strong in you. So I, I was asking the Lord what He wanted to share this morning, and I'm so thankful for a living God, not a statue on a shelf, not, a, not an artifact from a distant culture, not something we've uncovered in a cave somewhere, but a living, breathing God who talks to me every day. 
and wants to talk to you every day. Not in an audible voice like you're hearing now, but His Spirit wants to bear witness with your spirit. He wants to lead and guide you through each moment of your life. So I asked the Holy Spirit, I said, what do you want to impart to your people today? And the word abiding came up. Abiding, and that's the title of the message, abiding. And abiding, for our purposes, as Jesus used it in John 15, means to live in vital union with. To live in vital union with God. Many believers are listening to the wrong voices. There are some loud voices in our world. There have been for thousands and thousands of years and they're trying to uh, get your attention off of who you are in Christ. And boy, have we heard some loud voices in the last six months, haven't we? Trying to get you to be afraid and worried and stressed. And uh, I've got to... <laughs> I'm just going to make sure I'm going to, as the Holy Spirit leads me here because I could take off real easy. But we're going to stay in control. <laughs> Abiding. <laughs> uh, to, uh, to remain in vital union with. To live each day in vital union with God. So you, listen, the Holy Spirit, even though He's in you, you can miss out on the benefits of Him living in you if you're listening to the wrong voices. Isn't that amazing? The very Spirit of God is, is living in your spirit. Your, you, your spirit and His spirit have been united. You become one with God. But how much you experience of Him depends on what voices you elevate in your life. It does. What voices do you consider significant? So three things I feel the Lord said, said to say right at the front. So I'm going to just say them, okay? He wanted me to encourage you, I believe, to make your relationship with Him, your relationship with Jesus Christ, the most important relationship in your life. The most important. More, if you're married, more important than your spouse. If you have children, more important than your children. If you have parents, more important than your parents. We all have parents, don't we? I guess if they're on the earth at this time, if you know who they are. More important. In other words, knowing Him daily, growing closer to Him daily, not yearly, not monthly, not weekly, daily. Moment by moment, knowing Him more becomes the priority of your day. This takes practice. This takes, uh, it takes you, it, 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 you need to exercise control over your mind, your thought life, and your emotions. Okay, this is a conscious decision we make because each day presents with it opportunities to elevate things above Him. 
things that will be saying, urgent, 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 you need to do this. But it doesn't mean you need to do that. So daily, before I get out of bed, I need to remind myself of my primary purpose in this day. It's to walk with Christ. I'm not talking about me as a pastor. I'm talking about us as sons and daughters of God. The primary purpose of a child of God is intimacy with Him throughout my day. Throughout my day. Moment by moment intimacy. And then the Lord, I felt impressed this upon me to say, give your full attention to the Holy Spirit in your daily life, not the latest headlines. Give your full attention to the Holy Spirit in your daily life when you're in the shower, brushing your teeth, having your coffee. Do you like the taste of coffee after you've brushed your teeth? No. Terrible, isn't it? How about orange juice and toothpaste? Yeah, it's bad. So we so elevating Jesus, giving my full attention to the Holy Spirit in my life, not to the latest headlines or to the posts and social media that are getting a lot of attention. Social media will suck your time. And before you know it, your day's over. And hours of your day or a lot of minutes of your day have been taken doing this. What? <gasps> An hour's gone. What's the Holy Spirit? What did the Holy Spirit want to lead you into in that hour? That social media took you in another direction. The third thing was to let the Holy Spirit lead you in your daily decisions, not the proclaimed urgency of the moment. Just because the world says there's a such and such going on doesn't mean there is. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm trying to be nice, but a little common sense would tell you something funny's going on with this whole pandemic thing. Just a little common sense. You've got thousands of physicians who are being silenced, who are asking good questions online, saying, why am I being pressured to attribute the cause of death to COVID-19 when that's not the cause of death? Why are, why are we, we, we uh, being being uh, given thousands of dollars if we say certain things and do certain things? Why are physicians asking very good questions being removed from the internet saying, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense. The type of virus that we're dealing with, if you understand microbiology and how the immune system works, wearing a mask isn't what we need to do. Oh, take them offline. The death rate being inflated. We're talking about something that's a bad cold or a bad, ca bad case of the flu. And people have been cowering in fear over it. Covering their faces. 
Because they're listening to the wrong voices. Pay attention to what you're listening to. You know, pneumonia is like 700-some percent stronger than COVID-19. See, how many people are in the world? What, like 7 billion last time I counted? Right? How many people die each day? A lot. But we could take any given day and say so many people died this day. It'd be a lot of people. That's what happens. People are entering and departing the earth regularly. But the media can take something and say, so-and-so died of this, and all of a sudden, oh, there's a crisis. Well, so-and-so also died of that and that and 1,000 people of that and 100,000 of that and and 300,000 of that. Why didn't we do anything about that? Something's going on, folks. Listen, you need to pay attention to who you're listening to. I am amazed at the response of believers and how they respond to the media and take the bait of fear. It ought not to be said of us. And I understand we're all in different places, but how you've responded during this time will reveal to you what areas of your walk with the Lord you need to fortify. Okay? Don't, be, don't condemn yourself for your doubts. Don't condemn yourself for your doubts. That's not what we're about. But cure yourself of your doubts by becoming acquainted with your Father. Be cured of doubt permanently by entering into intimacy with the one who made you. You won't be afraid anymore of anything. We okay? I'm really trying to hold my tongue. I don't know if I'm doing a good job or not. We're going to keep moving. Hallelujah. Don't condemn yourself for your doubts. But listen, you don't want to ignore the fears you're yielding to. You don't want to give in to them. You want to be, is this, what has this proclaimed thing moved me to do? How has it caused me to change the way I live and the way I look at other people and the way I interact? And if there's any fear involved, you need to get the Word of God and drive that fear out of your life. Isaiah 53 is in full effect no matter what man declares. Jesus bore it all. He bore our sicknesses. He carried our diseases. With the stripes of wounded Jesus, we have been healed. There's no virus that can change that. There's no declared condition or pandemic or whatever kind of demic that can change that. Are you going to press in and know Him? Or are you going to go with the multitudes backwards into fear? I said last week my new normal happened in 1989 when I received Jesus Christ and I'm not going back. My new normal is resurrection life. And no one's going to take that from me. You see, when you get to know the one who made you, you become bold and you become fearless and you don't respond to the situations the way the world does. We're elevating Jesus above the word of man. Just because someone is a quote-unquote expert doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Why? Because we're human. We're human. 
I don't care how much schooling or training or experience you have, you're still human. And that's hard for people to accept because we want to be acknowledged as someone who knows what they're talking about. But we don't know what we're talking about. God knows what he's talking about. There's only one voice that's foolproof. There's only one word that you can bet your life on, and that's the word of God. But you need to become strong in that reality. And you won't do it by listening to the world around you and through social media. Now, there's some good stuff on social media. But you've got to filter it out. And the Lord will lead you as you're on social media. But I, I like to connect with the people who, who, who got the fullness of the gospel on their posts. You were brought into this world to have intimacy with God the Father. You are made to live in intimacy with Him. I'm going to say it again. Don't condemn yourself for the doubts or fears that you've entertained. Cure yourself of them by becoming more intimate with the Father. Jesus said it this way in John 17, 3. He said, this is eternal life that they might know, K-N-O-W, you. Jesus likened this intimacy, excuse me, Jesus likened eternal life to intimacy with God. The word K-N-O-W was an idiom used for, to speak of a husband's relationship with his wife. Same word used where it says Joseph knew not Mary until Jesus was born. Same word. Jesus said this is eternal life that they might know you. Become intimately to live in intimate, vital union with you. That's what eternal life is. Religious tradition has robbed people of the reality by telling them eternal life is hopefully getting to heaven someday. That's not what Jesus said. Jesus came so that you could be united with God the Father and know Him as a husband knows his wife. Shouldn't be shocking to you. you this, should, this should be the, the foundation of our thinking. Intimacy with the Father. You know, God's never been afraid for a moment. And He has no beginning. You know, God has never panicked, and he's seen a lot. You know, God has lost more than anyone else. He's lost more. He's seen more tragedy than anyone else, and he's never feared. He's never given in to grief. He's never panicked. There's never a good reason to be afraid if God is your Father. If God is your Father. You see, Satan is trying to prevent you from experiencing eternal life. Listen, if you put your faith in Christ, heaven's your home. You're going there. 
But God has things he wants to do in you and through you right here, right now. Whether you're 12, 15, 21, 107. He has things. You're on this earth for a purpose and a destiny. And man is clueless regarding your destiny. Why would we listen to clueless voices for our direction in our life? Why would we lift up the cluelessness of the wisdom of man? How can we exalt man's voice and expect to experience the Father? You can't. The choice is yours. What voice? Where, where is your reverence? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Right? What does that mean, the fear of the Lord? Awesome reverence, exaltation of all that he is and all that he says above everybody else. That's the beginning of wisdom. If you haven't done that, you're dumb. Just saying. It's the Bible says, right, basically. The beginning of wisdom is that, so if I haven't done that, I'm dumb, right? <laughs> so if I want real wisdom, I've got to start exalting his word above everybody else's. I've got to start lifting up what he says above what everybody else says. And I know that's challenging. The fear of man is a real fear, but it's not for you. It's a trap. It's a snare. It will hinder you. Who cares what people think of you? Really? Do you? What does that matter, what so-and-so thinks of you? What does it matter what society thinks of you? You follow Jesus, right? We're followers of Christ. You're never going to fit in in this world. This world was never supposed to be in the mess it's in. Why would we try and fit in with a mess? Right? Why would we try and fit in? Listen, if you go somewhere and, 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 you know, like, say you bought a home and the home was a mess, would you just leave it that way? You know, it had a lot of potential, but it was a fixer-upper. You wouldn't move in it and just leave it in that condition. You'd start fixing it up. Why? Because it's inside of us to have things in order. It's inside of us for things to be in their place. This world's not in order. It's not in place. It's a fallen world. Satan's the god of this world. But that doesn't discourage us because we know we're from heaven and we know that we're in this world for a divine purpose so that the Father can show himself through us. I give the media about this much time in my life. <laughs> if it was the floor, I'd be down here. They are trained to promote fear. Today in the news, a cat was seen climbing up a telephone pole. Tune in at 11. Oh no, what happened to that cat? They're trained that way. Everything they say has got this suspense to it. Because it gets you to tune in, right? The weather at 11. It's sunny now. But find out more later. Okay, great. I really want to hear what you have to say, right? I'm not faulting people who are just doing their thing. You know, they're just going with the flow of this world, and I'm not faulting them. But we're believers. We don't have suspenseful, fearful tones in our voice. 
You ever heard someone in a, a church or conference setting, they, they'll stand up and they'll say they're a prophet and they've, gloom and doom starts coming out of their mouth. Be careful what you listen to. The tone of God's voice is a tone of peace. There's no, there's no fear in what God says. He has a peaceful tone and a joyful a tone that will put you at ease. That's what I'm listening for. So Satan's doing everything he can. I'd say he's been pretty busy, wouldn't you? <laughs> to prevent you from, from experiencing the intimacy of eternal life. Condemnation, we know that's one of his primary tools and fear uh, hatred, racism. Man answers hate with more hate. The scriptures tell us that the anger of man cannot bring about the righteousness of God. And that's what man does, you know. So if someone hates me, I'm going to hate them more. And we'll get groups together and we'll, hate each, we'll see who can hate each other the most. Who can, who can cause the most pain and disorder. That's man's solution. We need the wisdom of God. There's no place for any kind of racism or hatred in a believer's life. I said it before and I say it regularly. If I look down on any other human being for any reason, I'm looking down on God. Because every human being was created in the image of God. So when you exalt God, you value human life. And you realize that every human being is created in his image and every human being is equally valuable. Thank God for the colors that we have in this world. I love the green leaves against the blue sky with the white clouds and the, and the greenish-blue water and the, the browns of, of the, the different grasses and things in the marsh areas that we like to, to look at around our homes. Thank God when I want a color, I can open my box of crayons and have lots of options to create a beautiful picture. So Ben comes up with this brilliant statement. We should all be colorblind. Color is a good thing. You don't want to be blind to it. I mean, I enjoy the artistic expression of black and white photos, but I don't want everything to be black and white. I want the world to be in color, Right? We don't, we're not colorblind. We, we appreciate color. You know, everybody's skin tone is basically different. If you ignore that, you're, you've got a problem. I don't walk around ignoring that. I appreciate it. You know? And be thankful for your skin tone. Right? You were made in the image of God. Be thankful for your skin tone. You're a beautiful creation of God. Don't let anyone shame you for the color of your skin. You be thankful. This is what man does. He shames. He tries to hate more than the other. None of that works. It makes things worse. So let's go to Jesus in John 15. Let's get some fresh, hot Jesus. John 15. Hallelujah. 
So Jesus describes to us, and he does it so beautifully, so perfectly, what our relationship with him looks like. What your relationship with him today looks like, okay? John chapter 15 and verse 5. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Good. Intimacy. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Apart from me, exalting others' words above mine, you can do nothing. Let's stay right here for a little bit. So Jesus gives us a beautiful picture of our relationship with Him. It is the He being the vine, we being the branches. That's abiding in Him. You are connected to Him as a vine is connected to the branches. What is the role, the purpose of the vine? Provides the nourishment, the life to the branches, right? That's the role of the vine. To fill you with life. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Where's that? You should know. Romans 8.11. That should be a verse that goes through you daily. You won't be responding to the news the way you do if you get that verse in you. Because you have an internal supply of life that nothing external can stop. The Holy Spirit is in me, supplying me with resurrection life 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Take that, devil. Ah! Devil can't stop that. He can't stop that. The devil can't change what Jesus did for you. He can't. He can't take it away and he can't change it. The only thing he can do is try and talk you out of it. But you just speak the word and you believe God. And don't listen to doubt and fear. Hallelujah. So the role of the vine is to provide you with nourishment. What am I thinking of? Proverbs 3, uh, somewhere up verse 7 and 8. Um, do not be wise in your own eyes. Well, per- verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding, expert. Okay? This is the first verse I ever memorized in the Bible. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. First passage. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Know Him intimately. Acknowledge, confess, affirm Him in all your ways. And He will direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Exalt His word above all others. And turn from evil. Depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and nourishment to your bones. The Bible has a lot to say about health. But many have been told that God's not concerned about that. And God hasn't provided health for you in this life. Nothing could be further from the truth. 
He provides nourishment for your bones. He protects all your bones. Not one of them will be broken. One of the other first verses I memorize in Psalm 34. I think it's verse 20. A righteous man may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones. Not one of them will be broken. Come on, when are you going to start taking God at His Word in the midst of this world that we're living in? When are you going to start exalting what God says instead of what your church told you for the last 30 years? Come on! We are reading through a a book, historic book, and Jennifer was reading to us last night. We were all sitting on the couch, and it was about a, 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 a certain group of people that had a certain belief system, and they're, they're talking about the beliefs they had. I thought, my goodness, what bondage. You know, they're told they had to do certain things away. They can only wear hair one inch below their, their head covering, and, you know, their dress had to go down to so far, and, and they, they can only pray in certain ways, can only do all. They had a long list of do's and don'ts, and, boy, I'll tell you, that's so common in the body of Christ. Doesn't mean they're not saved, doesn't mean they're not going to heaven, but they're in bondage to religious tradition. They've got their list of, of don'ts is, is so long, they, they, don't, they, they don't even recognize the voice of the Father. That's what happened to the Pharisees. They had such a long list of don'ts, they couldn't recognize God Himself, and He was standing right in front of them. Abiding, vital union with Jesus. Woo, that's us. So what's the role of the branch then? If the role of the vine is to nourish us, what does the branch do? Receives the nourishment and bears fruit, right? Listen, Jesus will see to it that you are nourished. How How does he nourish us? How does the vine nourish us? Through his word and by his spirit. And you need both. The vine wants to nourish you through His Word and through His Spirit. Listen, just because someone's preaching from the Bible doesn't mean they're preaching the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. It is infallible. It is, uh, it is inspired of God. It's living and active. It's sharper than any double-edged sword. But the person preaching from it can be preaching it through the lens of their religious tradition. Many have used this book as a legalistic weapon to beat people up. And they've chased people out of church. So so the Bible is perfect. The Bible is the Word of God. But you need to hear it preached from someone who's not legalistic, but someone who's been saved and understands what the grace of God means. That we can't earn these things. That we are, we are saved by grace. That's through the abundance of His grace. The gift of His righteousness. Because someone will put you back into the works mentality real fast. So God wants to nourish you through His Word and through His Spirit. Huh. Well, you know what? God is good. We're just going to have some fun. Is this alright? I mean, you need to hear voices in your life that gets you out of the mud. So someone gave me a track the other day. I don't even know if you know what those are anymore. They were big in the 80s. Little pamphlets, you know, that that give you a little message about something. And I got this little track. And the little track was about why. Why bad things happen in life. 
I thought, well, isn't this interesting? So I said, okay, I'll read it. I'll look through it. And basically their conclusion is we'll never know. God does mysterious things. He moves in mysterious ways. We just have to accept them all. And they use the scripture from Isaiah, which we've gone to many times, where God says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. And they just took that one scripture from the Bible. It's an awesome scripture. They took it out of context to try and prove their thinking, prove their point. If they would keep it in context, they would realize it was an invitation from God to think like he thinks, to know his thoughts, and to walk in his ways. You have to be aware of what's out there. Just because it's got a, a cross on it, just because it's, it's coming from someone who's a pastor, don't accept it. You've got to know the Word of God for yourself. You've got to know this new covenant that you're in for yourself. I'm telling you, religion will rob you of abundant life. So God wants to nourish you through His Word and His Spirit, not through legalism, not through do's and don'ts, but through the Word. And listen, for New Testament believers, which is us, because Christ came, that is through the New Testament revelation of Christ. Thank God for the Old Testament. We couldn't have a new without the old. But the new has come. And God declares that the old has passed. Why are so many believers living in the Old Testament? That's why they're so crabby. They've got their list of do's and don'ts, and you're on their don't list. You're breaking all their don't lists. So you're going to get it. They're going to let you have it. Hallelujah. It's good to laugh, isn't it? Don't take anything too serious, right? Not in this world, for sure. So you need both the Word of God and the Spirit of God. This is what God is trying to bring into your life. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. But people are so afraid of, of walking away from their tradition that they miss the, the, the Word of God and the Spirit of God. They're so caught up in what they've heard the last 30, 40 years and what Dad said and Grandpa said and, and their pastor said. They're afraid and God's trying to pull them into a, a whole new realm of living, but they're afraid. And, it, and I'm going to keep moving here, but you know, you need both the Word of God and the Spirit of God. You know, there are groups of believers that say we don't need the Spirit of God today. Because we have the written Bible. And they needed the Spirit of God in Acts because they didn't have all of this in one book. But we don't need that. You know, you know, there are actually people who teach that. Wow. That is shocking to me. Why? Because I met the Holy Spirit in 1987 and gave my life to Christ in 89. He was, a per he was my personal friend. I hadn't read one scripture. Is God a book to you or is he alive? Is he a living, breathing person? Not human being, person. See, when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you hear these wacky things that people teach. And what in the world are they talking about? We don't need the Holy Spirit today because we've got a book. Huh? Really? Just stop and think about that for a moment. So where, where's the Holy Spirit then? What did he do? Is he, is he in the Caribbean on vacation? Why don't we need him anymore? 
Where is that in the New Testament? Jesus came so the Holy Spirit could come. He commanded His disciples, don't do anything until you get full of the Holy Ghost. So if you just say, I just need literally the Word, you're going to be a crabby one. You're going to get mad at people. You're going to get legalistic. You are. You'll be dry and crabby. On the other hand, if you say you just need the Spirit and don't need the Word, you're going to get weird. You are. Because you're not going to be able to discern the leading of the Spirit because your mind hasn't been renewed in the Word of God. You can't throw one out and have the other. We need the Word of God and the Spirit of God. Thank God for, for ministries like Andrew Womack Ministries where you can go to Karis Bible College and get your mind renewed with the truth of God's Word. Very few that I would ever recommend. That's one of them I would recommend. Because you're not going to get a bunch of religious tradition. You're going to get Jesus. So you need His Word and you need His Spirit. Okay, There are a lot of spirits that want to lead you and speak to you. But if you're not schooled, if you're not skilled in the Word of God, you're going to get misled spiritually. And there are some strange things that people have done who say, well, I don't need the Bible anymore. I've got the Holy Spirit. No, we need both. You need the Word of God. The Bible is the Word of God. And we need the Spirit of God. So that's what the role of the vine is, is to bring His Word and His Spirit into your life and to keep them flowing. But you got to help them out. Alright? Come on, listen to the podcast. Get good messages in your life. Enable that, that nourishment to flow. I mean, we're a little different than a fruit hanging on a vine because we have free will. You understand? We're really not an orange or a peach. Although sometimes you are a peachy. We have a free will. We do have a role to play in this. So you have to choose to receive the nourishment from the vine. You have to be discerning in what you let come into your ears and what you meditate on. Now, the role of the branch is to bear fruit, right? Is to receive the nourishment from the vine, and to let that flow and grow. We're flowing and growing. Right? We're flowing and growing. That's what we're doing. We're receiving nourishment from the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. We're abiding. We're in vital union with Him daily. We're flowing with Him, and we're growing in Him. Hallelujah! Glory to God! You can get to a place where it's almost as if the things the world is freaking out about are not happening in your life. You're living on a whole different plane. Your source of provision, your source of strength, your source of wisdom cannot be touched by the devil. Because it's from God Himself. So we are the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5, 
22 through 23 talks about the things that show up and grow in us as we receive God's Word and as we follow the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, what are they? Love is number one. Joy. Racism. Oh, oh, that's not a fruit of the Spirit? No. You won't find that in there, right? Love. Joy. Peace. What's peace? Untroubled, undisturbed well-being. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Right? These are the things that grow in us as we're abiding. So if they're not growing in us, we know we're, we're not abiding in Him. Listen, it's easy to get stressed in this world, isn't it? Just start listening to what the world's saying. Just start giving creed to their diagnosis, right? To their assessment of the current circumstances. There comes stress. Don't ever say, I'm stressed. Yeah. Thank you. Don't ever say, I'm stressed. No, you're not stressed. You're blessed. Amen. But, but, no, you're blessed. Right in the midst of those feelings of stress, I am so blessed. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I'm strong and healthy. I have love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. One of the other early scriptures I memorized 30-some years ago. Why did I meditate and memorize these scriptures? Because I wanted them to be real to me. I wanted to walk in the reality of them. So back in the day, we didn't have phones, digital devices like we have now, so I wrote them in a notebook, and I would write them down as I would read my, oh, Proverbs 3, 5, are you kidding me? 5 and 6, 7, okay, I need that. I, I, I need to be walking in that, so I'm going to write it in my little notebook. And I found my notebook the other day. I was going through some storage in the garage, and I found this old Notebook from 1989. Well, actually, it might be the second copy. It's in a tote. Uh, those scriptures, writing down those scriptures. And I'd sit there, you know, other people doing all their other things. I'm just sitting there in a, on a bench outside just meditating on that word. And it saved my life over and 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 over again. So we receive his nourishment by meditating on his word and being filled with his spirit. If you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, just like in the Bible, in the book of Acts, you are missing the power of God in your life. If, you, if you're not able to pray in the Spirit like the New Testament believers in Acts, you're missing out on the dunamis dynamite power of God in your life. You're not a second class Christian. I'm not putting you down and saying you're not saved, but Jesus came to provide you with power from on high and that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there are many churches don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about speaking in tongues. You're going to scare people away. Jesus talked about it. He was the first one in the New Testament to mention it. Those who believe in my name, they'll cast out devils. They'll speak with new tongues. Why don't we want to talk about the things Jesus talked about? Come on. Casting out devils? Have you lost your mind? It's reality. 
Have you cast out a devil? I've cast out more than I could ever recollect. Not out of me, but others. I've had to cast some out of my life. Some oppression, some demons trying to attach themselves to my life. Oh, yeah. I've had to cast them out of others. Have you ever met a demon? Oh, boy, this guy's really off his rocker now. Listen, why do we think talking about what Jesus is talking about is crazy? Why do we think we've evolved beyond that? Why do we think our education now has enlightened us more than what Jesus has said? Come on, we need to get, get, get woke with Jesus. We need to open our eyes and say, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Those who believe in me, this is what will happen. These signs will follow those who believe. They'll cast out demons. I can tell the look in someone's eye when there's a, a demon involved. I can see it. I've seen it so many times. It's demonic. It's not of them. Are there demons in your life? How do you know? You better get in the Word. You better get full of the Holy Spirit. You think you're going to beat a demon with your religious tradition? Are you kidding me? They're the ones who in inspired it. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. It's time to kick the devil and all his pals out of your life. You don't need any of his associates in your life. And if you're in business, go into business with people who love God. Don't enter into a business relationship with someone who doesn't know him unless you're really being led by the Spirit. You've got to choose your associates wisely. Well, it takes a lot longer to find someone. Ask God to bring the right associates in your life. Really. People who value him. People who revere him and pursue him and seek him. These are the people you want to be associated closely with. We love everybody, but we don't associate closely with everybody. That's not that, 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 that. Listen, we love everybody. Everyone is valuable and precious, but your heart, you gotta, you got to guard your heart. You don't get close to everybody. I know we use that term friend on Facebook, but the real word is something much different when you get into Bible covenant friendship. It's someone who has a heart that's moving in the same direction and refuses to go backwards. Very few real friends that you actually need in your life. One or two real friends will take you very far. Hallelujah. My goodness. John 15. We're still in 15. Let's go to verse 6. If you... Do not remain in me. That's how the NIV says it. That's abiding. Remaining in, continuing in, vital union with him. You are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Why? Because you're disconnected. You've stopped the flow of God in your life. God didn't do that to you. Those were choices you made to stop the flow of God in your life. Man, that's what happens to a branch. You know, I do some trimming around the woods in our home. There's poison ivy. It's got a vine that wraps around a tree. I cut that vine at the bottom. And it's not connected anymore to the source. You know what happens to it? It dries up. It dies. Not right away. Still just as green as the moment I cut it. But you come back in a week and you see it all dry. 
right? Anyone who, the message says it this way. I like this. Anyone who separates from me, it's a personal decision. He doesn't do this stuff. God will never leave you. He'll never separate himself from you. He'll never turn away from you. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood. Woo! Hello. See, love is not being silent. Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Love tells you what the dangers are. Love tells you when you're heading in the wrong direction. That's what love does. Love doesn't silently watch you go over a cliff. Love tells you you need to turn around and change your direction. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood. Gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. Hallelujah. Verse 7. If you abide in me, in my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Uh The we says, if you, re, if you maintain, you have to maintain this relationship just like any other. If you maintain a living communion with me. And my words are at home in you. I command you to ask at once something for yourself. Whatever your heart desires, and it will become yours. Did anyone just hear what I just read? I don't care what age you are. That makes me say, what? Come on. God knows where you live, and he knows what you need, and he wants to give it to you, and so much more. And it comes by connecting yourself Choosing to live in vital union with him. To maintain a living communion. You know that little wafer in that cup we did earlier? That's not communion. That's a word I understand. Don't get mad. Communion is being one with God. I don't ever have to take another piece of bread or cup of juice again. I have regular communion with him. Those are symbols that are symbolic of our communion. That we have. Do you understand that? People get mad about communion. You gotta have communion, you gotta have communion. I have communion every day. Come on, don't be religious. Don't be legalistic. Communion is union with God. You can eat all the bread and juice you want, doesn't mean you have communion with God. Come on, our communion isn't literally, you know, bread and juice. Our communion is the body and blood of Jesus. Come on. I know that's a tough thing to say, but it needs to be said. You're clinging to your little bread and your little juice, and Jesus is saying, here I am. Behold, know me, walk with me, be full of my spirit. The devil's under your feet. So we do communion here, obviously. It's a good thing. I'm not knocking it, but you need to know, understand what real communion is. It's helpful to use symbols to remind us of the realities we have. That's a water baptism. Why well, didn't think of any of this today? I guess it's time. That's what water baptism is. It's simply symbolic of what already happened to you when you put your faith in Christ. You were buried 
with him and raised up with him by the Spirit of God. Do you know I was born again and never water baptized until maybe, I don't know, six, seven months later. I was full of the Holy Spirit, never water baptized until six or seven months later. That doesn't meet some people's formula. But that, I, you, you can't tell me I wasn't. I, I encountered God, man. You never don't take that away from me. See, people come up with these formulas. We have to do this first, then you have to do this. No, you got to believe. Just believe, Jesus said. Put your faith in Christ and let him move in your life. Water baptism, good thing. We see it in the scriptures. Not knocking it. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But it's just symbolic of the faith of what really happened to you. When you, put, you think H2O can save you? Come on. That's some good water, I'll tell you that right now. That's some good water if it, can, if it can cleanse your soul from all sin and make your spirit new and make heaven your home. I'll bottle that and sell it for sure. No, it's, it's the Spirit of God that makes you new. It's the blood of Christ that saves us. Well, glory to God. I guess we have, well, we got a few more minutes. All right. How are we doing? We okay? Listen, you need to eat. You haven't eaten for a while. I can tell. I can tell you've been cheating on your diet. I can tell that spiritually you've been cheating on your diet. You've been sucking down some ho-hos instead of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Reaching under the bed for that stash of M&M's. You got to get back into some Jesus, man. Come on. Hallelujah, make Jesus your snack when you're hungry. Come on, he's the food that's sweet and savory at the same time. He's sweet when you need sweet, and he's savory when you need savory. He's meat when you need meat, he's veggies when you need veggies. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's honey on your toast, he's cream in your coffee. Hallelujah. Come on, you, you got to... Eat Jesus today. Woo-wee. You do. You get off on such silly things when you're not eating Jesus. You get into these silly legalistic ideas, get mad at people, and walk around thinking you know who's saved and who isn't. Glory to God. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. God is glorified when you ask something for yourself and get it. We're just reading the Bible, right? John 15, starting in verse 5. We're in verse 8 now. I command you to ask it once, something for yourself. Verse 7, whatever your heart desires, it will become yours. By this, my Father is glorified. Hallelujah. That you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. Highway family, we're going forward. Don't turn from what God has done so far. We're just getting started. Stay the course. Much to be done. Much people to broaden this fresh life that Christ came to give us. Stay the course. 
when you cultivate this intimacy, when you make Jesus your appetizer, your first plate, your second plate, your salad, your dessert, you, you begin responding to things differently. You begin living differently. To know him is to love him. To know him is to trust him. To know him is to take control of your mind and your emotions and follow him. To know him is to abide in him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We're so glad you're not legalistic. We're so glad you're not crabby. We're so glad you, you don't crack our knuckles with a ruler when we mess up, but that you gave your son for us. You gave your son for us. You gave your one and only son for us. Because you did that, we know that anything else pales in comparison and that you've freely given us all things, all that is good, all that is pure, all that is life-giving. You've given us freely. Father, I pray for this highway family. Sometimes we cheat on our diet. Sometimes we, we, we listen to the voices of man instead of your voice. And we allow the fears around us to influence us. Forgive us, Father. But we, we ask your Holy Spirit to open our eyes to the voices we're listening to. And help us to value your word and lift your word up above every other voice. Lord, that we would be cured of fear and doubt by getting to know you. Father, these times we have together are so precious. They're fresh. They're, they're real. They wake us up and we need them. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good he is.